Miranda Report, Season 1, Episode 25. Wow, 25 episodes, eh? Well, uh, how are you doing then today, Mel? Um, been, been, uh, been, well, actually, it's been a couple of weeks because, of course, I had my little 61st, 61st birthday, eh? My little celebration after we did the last one, and I went and had a week in the sun uh, whilst you also... I was had, in Florence. You, yes, exactly. Um, yes, uh, I take it Florence the place and not the person. Sorry, <laughs> it's a bit irresistible smut. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, it's very difficult for me not to be. I grew up in the seventies. You understand, smut. Smut was the order of the day. Um. Anyway, I thought. Um. How was your trip, by the way, to Florence? It was really good. Yeah. Really, really nice. Beautiful city. Uh, no. A lot of American tourists. Apart oh. from that, it was great. There's always a downside. Always a downside. Yes. Beautiful city. Yeah. Wonderful people for the most part. Yeah. But a lot of tourists. Yes. yes but I so. guess they need they need tourists. Well, of course, it's it's yeah, it's a bit like where I went is is um, you know, without the tourists, they'd be yeah, bumbly bugger all. Although I could happily do without them. Um, well, you are one. Um, but I was one. Yeah. But um, and that's the point. And it's odd that you sort of say, oh, I wish there were less tourists, but then you realise that you're actually part of the tourist industry yourself. So. Yes, yeah, so but funnily enough, I don't mind when I go to places, Sidges, for example, where I went there, has a lot of uh, American visitors. I, I really actually don't mind when there are a lot of Italian visitors, a lot of French, a lot of people from all over, really, um, go to, to Sidges, as I'm sure they do to Florence. Um, weirdly, I, prefer, I I don't mind tourists from any part of the world. It's the British tourists I'd sooner be away from. <laughs> and thankfully, there aren't so many. Actually, one evening I had dinner on my own. And I sat in a restaurant and then to a Saudi couple. Sorry, can I wind this back? Where was the other half then? Why were you? She was at work. Ah, oh, working. Ah, oh, yes. She was she working. Was there for work. Fine. So I had dinner on my own one, one evening and I sat next to a Saudi couple. Yeah. Who didn't speak a word of Italian, and they were kind of being taken the Mickey out of by the uh, by the the waiting staff. Oh, that's right. And I had to explain. I had to sort of explain to them what was going on, and I essentially spoke on their behalf. But we we struck up a good conversation while I was having dinner, and I'm pretty sure he was some sort of Saudi royal in this like incognito. Because uh, yeah. anyway, the conversation led you know at, at a certain point when he was explaining what him and his family did and I was like oh god oh, I think you're maybe a, a bit more than, than you think you're telling me actually well, telling is me is there anything you can reveal not really oh really but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he was quite high up in okay. the in the Saudi yeah in the Saudi world right, and he was okay. being very coy on the subject right yeah but so I sort of, I sort of knew it was it. at that point you decided not to mention that you'd had anything to do with any journalistic content, such as podcasts yeah. and what have you, for fear of ending up in a lot of small pieces. Well, and it kind of got to the point where I realised that I needed to sort of temper what I was saying because I didn't want to potentially cause any offence. So I was like, right, okay, okay, let me sort of yeah. keep it light. Gotcha. Gotcha. And to not go down the rabbit hole that I tend to go down. Yeah, well, we all tend to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, 
Yeah, no, that could be in the sequel of uh, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, well, it probably already was a sequel, but the sequel of the sequel, because I'm often down the rabbit hole. Anyway, anyway, talking of rabbit holes, it conveniently links us, of course, to, to uh, the salient topic of today's podcast. As just a few weeks into her premiership, Liz Truss is already floundering on the political rocks. With talk among some Tories of trying to challenge uh, and change the rules on the leadership challenges. Uh, so they contrast the trust and start again, yet again, I might add. Um, the mini budget, or budget, <laughs> as it should have been uh, known, presented by the new Chancellor, rewarded, of course, the richest with the 1%, uh, the richest 1%, um, uh, those are over earning over £150,000 a year, Correct, yeah. with a tax cut by the abolition of the higher rate uh, tax. Uh, which was, of course, only introduced a few months ago. And along with reversing the NHI increase, that's the, uh, um, the bit we pay all uh, pay on our, from our salary for, towards you know, health and pensions and what have you. Isn't that the um, NSI? No, it's NHI. NHI, OK. Yes, National Insurance Contribution, but it's NHI, uh, because it was originally as National Health Insurance. And if you look at your uh, payslip, <laughs> well... <laughs> he doesn't have a payslip. He's never had a payslip. Uh, he pays himself on Monday. Um, uh, which was, of course, NHI increase. <laughs> so he doesn't have to look at the big budget. Introduced only a few months ago by the previous Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, um, along with another Republican, have now been, of course, uh, proposed to be reversed. And she intended, they intended, to fund this by further. Uh, increased government borrowing, um, forcing an intervention, of course, by the Bank of England. To the tune of $60 billion. Six billion pounds. Which runs us, I think, into about August time. Uh, oh, sorry, we are, we're in October already. Um, later this month, I think. So yeah. we're, we're $180 billion in the hole. Already. And it hasn't even been a month and a half. And it hasn't. No, she's, she's really only been in the job. Uh, visually since uh, really last Monday after the Queen's funeral <laughs> um, which quite frankly is long enough uh, <laughs> so um, best the abolition of the top rate of tax 45% for those around the course was ill judged uh, and only now when it became clear that a large swathe of Tory backbenchers might rebel. Um, has there been the first major U-turn of Truss's premiership uh, uh, of somebody who said she, only a week ago that she was not for turning? And then she did a 180. Her, and she did a very quick 180. But in doing so, through quasi-quatting the Chancellor firmly under the proverbial bus by suggesting she had nothing to do with the abolition of the policy. And then on Sunday, before we get right into the nitty-gritty, uh, equally, they had to find somebody else to blame, because uh, Kwasi Kwarteng didn't want to say, no, no, it was me who came up with this idea. Uh, then, um, uh, desperately looking for some minion to blame uh, for this idea, 
turned on Chris Philp, the Chief Secretary to the Treasury, um, who my husband described yesterday as having a whack of face. <laughs> but that's a, it did make me smile. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, of course, Chris Philp has denied his involvement in this policy. So um, we, we mentioned a few weeks ago when Liz Truss took office or was about to take office, uh, how grim a prospect he was and uh, suggested that she might only last as prime minister for about six months. Um, do you think we might have been a little bit generous on this point? And what's your take on the, the really what has been a debacle in her first unprecedented of weeks. disaster. Yeah. There's no other way to, to really put it. Yeah. Six months. Let's pray that she's not in office for six months and let's hope that she's out much sooner. Interestingly, what you said previously was the question of when to run an election. Yes. Because we're getting closer to the point now that, you know, even though the Conservatives have an 80 seat lead, I can only assume that if there was a snap election tomorrow, Labour would be in, in power so quick. Well, I it saw. Would make, it would make the Conservatives I saw head spin. On, based on this morning's polls, uh, that it would give Labour uh, at least a 30 seat majority. So that's a 110 seat move. Um, yes, a hundred and ten yes. seat move, and I which did is a, also which is a fifth say, of a fifth of uh, a fifth of Parliament. Well, yes. Parliament's five hundred and odd seats, um, right? I did see where Lord Vasey uh, on, on a program this morning said that all the British people didn't want an election. Um, this was, I think, on GMB. Absolutely, and and, and uh, they did a snap poll, albeit on Twitter. And nine, I think it was about 93% of the respondents said, no, we absolutely do want election because we didn't vote for this, really what has been a complete turnabout of policies. Yeah, um, I absolutely agree. And I stand firm that I will not vote for Conservatives yes. this time around. I will, I absolutely will not. I absolutely will not. Well, you Anna, Anna so, Subri maintained that she'd spoken to a lot of people, as I have, who've said... That they will never vote Tory again. They're so incensed well, at the last. Not not again for me um, at least, but this time round, there needs to be an election as soon as possible. Yeah. We need to get back onto some sort of logic when it comes to the economy. Yes, because you you can see this from a mile off, I and I think that's a problem. Yes, even when even when it came to to electing the leader, it's like. Political Harry Kiri. Oh God, yes, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Everyone was Harry saying... Kiri, for anybody who doesn't know it, is is our, the Japanese used to commit suicide. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, a lot know, of people won't know what the fucking Harry Kiri is. Sorry, but so <laughs> the 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 wisest, most sensible choice. Yes. You know, would have been what's his name? Rishi Sunak. Rishi Sunak. You know, there there is no. It's obviously one... quite forgettable. No, no, sorry, it's my fault. I had a I had a brain brain freeze on that. No, one. don't worry. I'll but um, <laughs> he he understood the economy. He got us through really tough times. You know, through through COVID and the rest. 
and he would have at least been a more stable option. Well, I think we said this, didn't we, in previous well, yes, ones? At absolutely. least he had some tried and tested, um, you know, during a time of crisis. Yet here we've got Kwasi Kwarteng, by the way, who was business secretary, who seemingly now is trashing all the previous um, fiscal policies, uh, economic policies of, of uh, his government. And, and seemingly trying to reinvent the wheel as if the current uh, cabinet is somehow a completely new, completely newly re-elected uh, body uh, and a completely new government. Which is not. Another These people sat in cabinet and stayed quiet and voted for many of the policies that were... Another, another, look, another thing an MP essentially said is that Truss essentially put all of her cronies... Into yeah. cabinet, mm. essentially, that's what was levelled at Boris Johnson. Yes, right. Well, it's, it's, yeah. she's, she's done exactly the same thing. Well, we said this. She's she's previously. she's putting she's putting her friends and those that supported her. Yeah, you know, when 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 the time came for for them to make a decision, and then obviously, you know, they were given pre- preferential treatment and and seats in cabinet. It's an absolute it's an absolute disgrace. The health disgrace. minister as well is an absolute joke. To be, oh, to, to, to be fair. Theresa Coffey. Theresa Coffey. Yeah, well. And now she's saying she wants to scrap uh, waiting waiting lists. Well, how or the you... recording of waiting lists, at, at least. Because <laughs> <laughs> she says that it, it, it serves no purpose. Well, of course it serves a purpose. You need to know how something is performing in order well, to she, say, OK, this is how we need to improve it. Yeah, but she doesn't want to know, apparently. Oh, and she doesn't want the rest of us to well, know either. This is, this is shambolic government. As we're also heading, you know, this is the, the perfect storm. Inflation is going through the roof. Interest rates will have to rise. Yes. So I think now it's going to be about 5 They're looking at 5.5%, if not maybe more. If there's not more fuck-ups. And this is based on, on, of course, the assumption that a lot of these policies that were placed in the so-called mini-budget will now be withdrawn. But think how scary this is. They were saying if you have a mortgage of, let's say, 400,000, you'd be looking at around £1,000 a month. Extra. Extra to pay it. People just don't have it. Where do people get that money from? Yes, because they're all on top of to, on, on top, top of the cost of living. Yeah, yes, exactly. On top of on top of energy prices spiking, on top prices, of food prices going through the roof, petrol prices because of the drop in the pound, they're not going down exactly. as they should. Logistics are still an issue. Yes. We have a war going on on top of that as well. Yeah, and we're looking at COVID numbers doubling. Well, what you makes know, you say, which is something as an aside? What makes you say with regard to to the thing about COVID numbers. Well, because there what, were... What's, what's, uh, where's that come from? Well, so apparently in August, we were looking at about 100,000 a month. Yes, and that dropped, to, as you know, that when dropped. we were speak, speak, speaking the other but day. Now we're looking, the yeah, but now we're looking at numbers that are sort of reaching that 200,000 mark. Yeah. And now people are really concerned. Yeah. That sort of heading into winter... That it's going to come... There's going to be like a COVID flu you know, parallel, whereby right. loads of people so will be getting the flu, one, you'll have, the, you'll have other. the other. Yes. And that we're just not prepared for it. Yeah. On top of the fact that now people can't afford to heat their homes. We discussed this yes. last time as well. Well, there's some we, saying we, they we can't ass- afford to cook. Well, so, we'll, yeah, so we assume that more people will be getting ill. There's a very funny meme that was out 
that they were showing how a new modern English breakfast should be cooked. And essentially, it was a plate with a raw egg in the middle, yeah. raw sausages, raw bacon, <laughs> like, a piece, like a piece of bread that wasn't toasted. If they aren't doing it already, have a bowl of fucking cereal. You don't have to heat it up. You people might be forced to go down that route. No. It's, I was having an argument with my partner, you know, because we did a, we did a we did a shop the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. And we were sort of even we were looking at every single item, going, well, maybe we shouldn't get this, or maybe we should look at a different brand. You know, it's only ten percent, but still, we're of this mindset where we sort of well, it makes you reticent, doesn't it? To, but to... you're thinking about saving everywhere. Yes, I totally agree. Save everywhere. Yeah. Don't spend unnecessarily. No. You know, pare down Christmas. Now we've got bird flu, which is the other. That's well, our one problem, isn't it? You have no fucking turkey to cook at Christmas. Four mi- four million, <laughs> Never mind the problem of cooking it. Four million cold birds. Wow. Four million cold birds. Cold, 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 cold. cold. Yeah, go on, go on. yeah. You know, so like you're exactly right. They were saying that there's going to be fewer birds yeah. on sale. You might not get your turkey or your, or your goose, yeah. whatever you get. You know, it's not the end of the world, is it? Yeah, but four four million, well, four it, million dead animals is an issue. I mean, clearly, I mean, this good. bird flu thing has been going on really for most of the year, and there's been kind of a little bit often under the radar. Yeah, I haven't heard um, about it until well, recently. Well, I have. I've been kind of followed because obviously it, it relates to whether it, it could, you know, um, I don't know whether it was H five N four. Um, I'm not sure of the particular variant of this particular bird flu strain. The latest big um, one was the whether N2. whether it might was jump yeah. uh, again, what, could it have the possibility of jumping species and end up being yet another pandemic? Because, of course, the Spanish flu epidemic of 1918 through to 1921 was a bird flu. Going through the airport, by the way, yes. there were, there were monkeypox uh, notices everywhere. Oh, really? Wow. Everywhere, especially in Italy. They're saying if you have these symptoms, if you have these certain lesions, you know, please contact a member no. of staff. Do not wait in the queue. And don't know, go to the side, speak to someone. Funnily enough, I had a dream last night that oh. I got chicken pox, not oh. monkey pox, chicken pox. I don't know where it come from, probably subliminally from uh, seeing quite a bit of news on the subject of monkey pox. Um, uh, where are we? Do you, have you the numbers? You, no numbers. We, I don't know. You don't know what no. number. Well, I'll have, have a look at um, shortly on that. That's but, I mean, that's also it was an issue. It's gone sort of under the radar. It's not yeah. really been spoken about. But definitely, when you get to sort of you know big transit points, it's definitely an issue because there's signs all over the place. Yes, clearly. I know so, they ask you questions when you go to any health centres regarding it, um, but. Uh, there yeah. must be some sort of government post that was that goes out to businesses and things yeah. like that, saying that this is still an issue. Please, you know, yeah. be aware that you might have. Don't want to become poxy, certainly not as poxy as Mistrussy's government. Um, now, get back to, to to what we were saying. Um, the government has been saying, obviously, trying to defend uh, their position. Um, that uh, households, of course, will save around £400 a year as a consequence of the cut in the basic rate of tax, which was uh, proposed, which ironically, that cut 
was actually proposed by Rishi Sunak to happen, I think, next year. Um, does when that he co- was still Chancellor. Does that coincide so, with the collapse of the pound? Uh, <laughs> and as a consequence of the cut and base rate, you know, the, the safer. But of course, due to their clumsiness, it means everything else, mortgages, as you spoke of, uh, hot foreign holidays because of the drop in the pound. Credit card debt um, in August was, was through the roof. Really? Through the roof. So it means... You mean from the point of view that people are now using the credit, credit cards, cards more than ever just to manage household yeah. daily budgets? It was the greatest it's been for for a decade. They were saying, in which terms means of, obviously you're just digging uh, a greater. Know. And then you've got to pay interest oh. on that. Yeah, I don't know what credit card interest it is, but that's going to go up well, as well. Of course, that's that's going to go up with, with everything else. Because uh, usually it sits around that seventeen, eighteen percent yeah. mark. So assuming that oh, goes I used up to, to remember. I remember back as a. 20 years ago or 25 years ago, it was up at about 36.9. So we're probably going to be adding back to those kind of things. Might get back there again. Yeah. But it's but, scary, scary numbers, really it's scary. Dead, numbers. Surely it's done you because if you go down that route of using your credit card for household, uh, daily household items, it means you haven't got the money at the end of the month to ensure exactly to right. pay the, that, that uh, card off uh, to not incur. Well, no, because charges. you're just going to end up paying the minimum. Yeah. And you're going to end up in a real hole in a few months' time. Crikey almighty. So, um, yes, so in actual fact, I saw a little snippet from the news yesterday. They were talking about their assertion that the households were safe, this, that and the other. Have you got a hurricane coming? Um, I was just looking outside. It's looking actually. a bit scary. And then thinking my, my washing that I've got hanging out in an attempt to dry, it's probably going to be all over Hackney within about 20 minutes, but never mind. Um, so if she sees that, that this is going to help households, yet households are going to actually, because of the clumsiness of all of this, are going to end up paying more for just about everything else, particularly if you've got a mortgage, uh, how does that back her argument about growing the British economy? How does this theory of theirs therefore work? It doesn't. Assuming we are already in a recession, right. which is likely. Well, semantics, isn't it? In, or, in order for an economy to grow, you need people to spend money. If people aren't spending money, there's no growth in the economy. So how does that work? Well, exactly. If you, yeah. So, I mean, therefore it doesn't simply, it doesn't make sense, then does it? Sounds like nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. Yeah. You're going to see a contraction. Look, even on my high street, for example... Apart from the fact that, let's call it a quarter of the shops has shut down. Seriously, quarter. And let's remember, Mel is not living in a shithole like we are. So a quarter, so a quarter of the shops are shut. But now, what's happening is because one side of the high street is owned by a very wealthy individual. Yes. That owns pretty much half of one side. Yes. And the other side is is owned by a number of individuals. Yes. You know, it was essentially it was sold as a portfolio a few years back. Yeah. Because the port because this portfolio upped the rents, you are now finding businesses on one side of the road are looking to move to the other side of the road just to save a bit of money. Right. So That's businesses just... from one side are saying, Go to hell because I'm not paying your rates, you refuse to reduce them, so we're just gonna simply grow across the road. To an empty unit there, because we can save. 
15, 20, 30,000 a year. Yeah. You know, so you're going to end up in a situation where you're going to have one side of the road is fully tenanted. The other side of the road is abandoned. And what's that going to look like? For well, the, it for achieve, the in the end, it doesn't achieve anything, does it? If people aren't buying anyway. No. It's, no. it's, it's, a, it's a really, really difficult situation. You're looking at property prices are falling. Um, exchanges well, I, are collapsing. Yes. People are trying to give back deposits on new bills, which is also, you remember when we were in a state well, agency. Trying to get their deposits. Well, funnily enough. Do you remember, do you remember when, we, when, we, when we were first working? Yes. That, that people were giving back deposits and we were trying to sell them on to, to new clients. Yes, which sir, that's right. And that, that was around 2004 when there was a little yeah. glitch. And then when the market then picked up a massive pace during up to about the end of 2006 to the middle of 2007. And then suddenly, uh, when it all went wobbly bump, and let's face it, interest rate, the base rate was only at about 5.5 or 5.75% at that point. And suddenly, um, buildings, people weren't completing on their purchases. Um, and, and, and again, trying to sell the deposits on even more avidly than they were in two thousand and four. Absolutely. Or they right. were take, or they were taking the loss and just moving. Mo- yeah, moving on. Yes, taking the hit. Um, uh, so I, I can't see. There, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not an economist, although arguably um, Mr. Quatting has a PhD in economics. Uh, it doesn't appear that um, there's, you know, perhaps that's a dangerous thing. I don't know. Perhaps it makes him believe his own shit that much more. But I cannot see how putting the country in such a situation where interest rates have to rise quite quickly um, uh, to a point that maybe, so let's say it's around 5%. Um, how are you going to grow an economy during that? Uh, situation. It just doesn't, to me, their whole premise uh, doesn't stack up. And I noted yesterday in his speech to the Tory party conference that it absolutely lacked any policy substance at all. Of course, having had his fingers burnt the week before. With with no market sentiment, you can't grow the economy. That's simply how it works. There's no no confidence. Without confidence, the economy won't grow. But Quateng said only a week ago that um, the markets have nothing to do with it and he didn't even really take any notice of them. What kind of comment is that for a Chancellor to make? Yeah, how did that work out? <laughs> I think you've answered it in one there. Seriously? You, <laughs> you know, um, the Bank of England had to step in. Even the IMF. I know. Even the IMF. You know things are bad. When they say you when need the to IMF change is saying, Yeah, this this is not a good move. No. You know, it's a lender of last resort, for God's sake. And they're essentially saying, yeah, you know what? This is probably a bad idea. The, the shame on our country that these two have placed. Well, there's a cost to that, isn't there? You know. They're the looking incompetent. How does that look? You know, in to- on top of all of that, now the, the cost of, um, of repaying the debt that the government has to pay back has also increased. I mean, that's just so it's so so it just gets worse. Yes. So we're going to be forced to borrow more yeah. at a greater rate. You know, in terms of our sort of, you know, like you have like Standard and Poor's. You know, they give sort of like ratings. 
Yes. You know, the British economy is going to be like almost trash. Well, I mean, at this point, uh, my thoughts on it, as I said, I'm not an economist, but I would have thought you would have tried to uh, use borrowing, uh, government borrowing, to boost an economy at a time of deflation rather than inflation. Because then you can obviously maybe borrow the money more cheaply in a deflationary cycle and you can place it into infrastructure that helps to grow the economy. I just cannot see how they can do it for the, from this position by borrowing more when they are completely out of step with the Bank of England, who then has to kind of up the rates to undo what the government is trying to do. They're not working hand in hand. Even even the Bank of England weren't in unison, you know, on the interest rate changes. Well, it, it, the, the, the vote was three to two right. in the end, which also doesn't look very good because it means that even the Bank of England is split. Right. Is to how how fast interest rates need to rise, the the, the rate of increase. And where the, and where the economy goes, no one yeah. no one is sure, no one knows exactly what to do. Some are saying slower, some are saying faster, some are saying stay the course. There there is there is no common sentiment as to where we need to be, which only I guess reinforces the argument we made in a previous podcast about as we said earlier that Rishi Sunak should have got the job that Truss has ended up with. Yeah. Because at least he has, from his previous career, an understanding of the workings of the markets, as well as being tried and tested in the job as Chancellor during a time of crisis. It just seems to me that uh, the choice of trust... Call an election, let us make our decision, and let's leave it at that. We'll we'll move forward. He's got to go. I I also noted... um, from, from uh, the fact that there's a Tory party conference going on, that there was a number of MPs, uh, uh, including ex-members of Boris Johnson's cabinet, of course, that uh, were seemingly, although it's been denied, they were seemingly boycotting this week's Conservative Party conference. And the list originally included, I think it actually uh, included Priti Patel, but I think she's actually giving, maybe it's on the fringe, I don't know, but giving a speech um there today but it's certainly i don't think in support of list trust quite the contrary david davis is on that list rishi sunak dominic raab boris johnson what do you make of it it's hardly a resounding support for a, a new cabinet and a prime minister when um the whole point of the leadership and the finality of it was that they needed to bring the party back together it seems more split than it was when Boris Johnson was in the full throw of his parties. Would you get onto a ship full of holes? Because I wouldn't. No, no. I understand I understand perfectly. You know, even uh, Rhys Mogg was, was booed, well, you know, entering the conference. You know, everyone has their own opinion of him. But, I mean, yeah, well, why, why, would you want, <laughs> why would you want to get involved in any of it? I wouldn't attend either, quite frankly. It's, it's, it's the best way for quick change. If you show complete distrust in the current government, the best thing to do is to use your feet and not even attempt. 
Oh, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. The interesting point is if so many people were against trust, who put her into power? Yeah. This is what I don't understand. Well, it's a Tory party membership. I mean, don't get no, making a mistake about it. The Tory party membership, I said in one of the podcasts a few weeks ago, that uh, some 20-odd percent of Tory party members didn't even bother voting. That uh, The finality of the vote, uh, that the two protagonists, Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss, were still less popular than the person that uh, the MPs, the backbench MPs, had just got rid of, i.e. Boris Johnson. And in t- uh, indeed, today, uh, they're even less popular uh, than they were uh, a fortnight ago. Boris Johnson, I mean, I think they're, they're all wishing that he, he hadn't, they hadn't done the deed. Um, uh, yeah, who, w- what basis did they vote on? Was there, a, given the fact that um, the age range of vast majority of Tory party members, was there a little bit of racism in play to to uh, not choose Rishi Shun? I just don't understand on paper. Or was it just good why? metrics? Maybe it was just good metrics. I just didn't understand on paper why they would pick somebody who uh, very clearly, even in the debates, looked yeah. rocky. Do you think she I looked agree. rocky? Yeah. She looked as dodgy as shit. Hopeless. Absolutely hopeless right from the outset. Um, and I, I just, I can't get my nut around it. It's, it's as if this, like, well, somebody said it was a form of self-annihilation. Um, you know, uh, others have su- suggested worse. Um, Chris Bryant, I noticed, um, uh, tweeted something yesterday. Uh, saying, well, it's actually in effect because of the rebellion, uh, potential rebellion. It's already a hung parliament. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do you think she can actually turn it around? No, not at all. And how long do we give them now? Are we revised the six month? Yeah, it's got to be before Christmas, I hope. And now will they manage to actually get her out? Well, you were saying they were, might look at changing the uh, the rules. Yeah, I can in, see. in terms of ascending the leadership again. You know, I don't know how. That, I'm not sure how that works. I, 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 look, don't get me wrong. I, I can see. You know, uh, all prime ministers part of often there's a, a bit of a disaster, but there's disasters and there's disasters. But it's the and, end, of, and it's the fact it's so early on. It's, it's yeah, just eggy. Isn't it's, it? it's the end of the Tory party. You know, for the next election, yes. you can't put someone in place and then get rid of that person within two, three months. It just looks abysmal. Oh, but on the, other, on the other note, you can't then install someone new and then not call a general election. Especially if the um, agenda has completely yeah. changed from the previous election. You yes, have because to. You've got, I totally agree. This is going to do for them. And what I can't get, as I said, it's like re- trying to reinvent the wheel is we've had now had four leaders, four prime ministers on our fourth, and seemingly it won't be long before we're on the fifth. And they all try to pretend and distance themselves from the previous cabinet, like they weren't involved yeah. when many of them were. And I find that completely... Look, essentially, except that we've lost the general election this time round, 
keep trust on board, um, call a general election, Conservatives will lose it, fine. When they lose, change uh, leadership at that point, yeah, and then try to build for the uh, for the forthcoming election. Yeah, there is no other way around it. Yeah, come in to see if they uh, can find anybody. I mean, yeah, exactly. Who exactly do they pick? Mm-hmm. And the problem is, Sunak. He has his own issues in terms of his wife and the family behind him, because there are a lot of sort of indiscretions. They're not insurmountable. I mean, I think people yeah, would well, forgive that if he made a decent fist of the job. Um, clearly, Liz Truss, her ears have been cloth right from the outset, and uh, she didn't even. It's almost like women not. think that they're never wrong. So, so <laughs> There's a subject for another day, which could get us into a lot of trouble. It's like one of those. Especially at home, if your name is Mel. <laughs> Seriously. It's depending like... on this time of the argument. Well, anyway. Because, um, obviously, coupled with that, she's managed to already, in the last few days, to add to the, the issues. Well, what else has she um, done? Well, um, there's the accusation that uh, in a meeting with King Charles, Liz Truss roundly banned him from attending the COP27 climate change that is to take place in Egypt, which one of her cabinet ministers, not she, one of her cabinet ministers, which I find interesting in itself, it usually implies that yeah. uh, there's a lie going on somewhere, has denied that such a conversation went, uh, took place. But so he shouldn't really attend because he has to remain impartial. Yes, but so why deny it? I don't, I don't know. To say, no, this is the conversation we had, uh, and Liz Trust come forward to say, no, this is the conversation we had, and we feel from a constitutional point of view that X and Y own it. But then it's so also... It's like throwing quatting under the bus. No, the 45p tax rate had nothing to do with me, didn't know about it, bollocks. But it's also like cutting King Charles's legs from underneath him. Yes, isn't it? You know, so he's already well. Let's whether he's liked or disliked. Yeah. You know, he was very vocal on green issues and environmental issues, yeah. and that's the one thing he truly cares about. Yeah. You know, and to then deny him the thing that he's been championing for for decades. Yeah. Seems a bit. I mean, it's a bit unfair, but I mean, if well, he has I think to, it is, it's but not politic, p- particularly uh, political. It's very politically charged, though. So I mean, there's, yes. a, there's, there's a line, but, um, and he can't cross it. Hmm. So I can understand. But you I think, don't understand why they denied it, but I understand why it happened. Actually, do you think she'd have been better because this is the problem? He wouldn't even have to mention it. Surely, it didn't have to come out in the no. media at all. Exactly. And you know, he simply could have not attended. People could have asked why. Yeah. He could have released a statement saying, I'm now the king, I need to remain impartial, and that's that. Yeah. You know, it's no longer it's no longer well, my position to be able to affect such conversations. And that's that. It's like the other debacle. The, the, it's the, even worse, essentially. It, You're essentially shutting down the monarchy, which is awful. Well, you know, uh, she's obviously She's got problems. Queen of the U turn, isn't she? I mean, let's be about right. Kay Burley had a banker rights on it during one of the debates. Uh, she's made this under an 80-degree turn on on a uh, uh, key policy. Uh, but then, obviously, uh, as usual, 
tried to dress it up as something else. Her words being, oh, I agree, finally, after a week, I agree that perhaps uh, we could have communicated it better. No, I don't see... I do not see that it's a bad part that was it was bad form, increasing government borrowing. It's not about the communication. But she's done that before. She did that once during one of the debates when questioned on an issue. She tried to say that the media had presented her uh, intention in the wrong way. And then got fired back up with a bundle of quotes, which yeah. clearly uh, undid her argument. So I think we're we're pretty well in agreement. Then she's toast. Yeah. Um, but we've got to kind of live with it until there's a way of getting rid of her. Because under the current rules, she's a, it's a, she's got another eleven months before anybody can. Kick her out. If things continue in this vein, yes. there'll be people on the streets protesting to have her out. Well, it's, it's not it's not far off, I bet you. Remember what, what when we were speaking in one of the other podcasts, I said that the, the key issue going forward will be people's pockets. And it's more energy. yeah, and it's more ammunition for the other parties. Yeah. The longer she stays, the more ammunition for the other parties. Oh, yeah. The worse the result will be in the election, yeah. which is already going to be an unmitigated disaster. But I mean, well, she just hasn't got it, has she? She's got no ability. I mean, here's a, one of her quotes from this last week. She says she's not bothered about being popular. Succeeded. Um, well, you can rest assured, Miss Truss, that you've indeed succeeded in that. Um, but. What a thing to say, because the purpose of being Prime Minister uh, and, uh, you know, running a government is also to get re-elected. And there's a measure of popularity involved in getting re-elected, surely. It's like, no, we really hate you. We really, really dislike you intensely. Uh, you're, you're the least popular uh, candidate we've ever had. Let's vote for you. It's just not yeah. happen, is it? So how do you get off saying, I'm not bothered about being popular? But it's the kind of thing you say in a period of emergency. Like if we were under war conditions yes. and you have to make decisions, you know, that might not be liked by many people, but you know it's for the best interests of the country. Mm. What exactly is she doing for the best interests of the country or its people so far? She, not a lot. Yes, well. Uh, the word that springs to mind is gormless. <laughs> uh, I mean, already she's less popular than an angry hemorrhoid. <laughs> so from both Mel and I, and seemingly about 90% of the country, please switch the light off and close the door on your way out. Uh, as it certainly looks as though you're on your way out. Um, and uh, let, we have to move on. We've got to get rid of them. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's only going to get, I think, more desperate over the winter if this is how it's all started. And whilst they might be able to repair some of this damage, I suspect 
it's they've been hauled under the waterline in, in shipping terms. So it's only a matter of how much water they can bail out uh, before they actually go under. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, um, okay, I saw a, 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 I actually found a quote. Um, which was actually it it was marked as anonymous Uh, but then so there's two quotes today because this morning I saw Andrea Ledson who obviously was filmed at the the Tory party conference yesterday Uh, so it was a juggle really which one was better Um, because Andrea Ledson regarding the recent mess uh, simply said yesterday if you're in a hole, stop digging, for God's sake. <laughs> I just thought it was pretty good. But my actual quote for the day, stupidity is not a crime. So, Liz Truss, you're free to go. Goodbye, everybody. Ciao for now. Thank you to all who are listening or viewing The Randall Report. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please do subscribe. It is absolutely free. What is it, Mel? Free. And, of course, you can contact us via the following email address, therandallreport at gmail.com. There's also our Twitter feed, at Randall underscore report, and Instagram, the underscore Randall underscore report. So subscribe, hit the notification button, and do feel free to leave us a message, and we will do our level best to reply. Until next time... Wishing you all peace and happiness. Be kind to yourself and others.